stop by the Buckeye Room Bar and Grill for happy hour. Stay longer on Tuesdays for music bingo or Fridays for karaoke. Follow us on Facebook for special events, live local bands, and more. The Buckeye Room Bar and Grill, located in the Buckeye Tower on Buckeye Road in Doraville. All right, good afternoon, Holly. It is a little bit rainy today. Wasn't expecting all that rain to hit last night, but uh, thanks for joining this afternoon. And um, I guess I'll let you introduce yourself and let us know how your campaign is going up there in 14. Yeah, thank you. Yes, it is monsooning here. So mm. <laughs> luckily we can do this over the phone. Uh, yeah, I am Holly McCormack, and I'm running for Congress in Georgia 14, like you said, against Marjorie Taylor Greene. I'm in Ringgold, Georgia. It's where I'm from, so way at the top of the district. Um, I'm a mom. I am uh, an agent, an insurance agent, a business owner, work from home, kids school from home, uh, you know, especially with this year. So the campaign is going fantastic. We've gotten an early start, uh, got a lot of early support. Um, so yeah, we're, we've hit the ground running and spending a lot of time in the district talking to folks. And running against her, how, um, I'll just call it dangerous is that because of what comes out of her mouth? Yeah, absolutely. That was definitely uh, the first concern. Once I decided that, you know, we have to do this, um, that was definitely something that we prepared for. Uh, that we think of, you know, all the uh, contingencies. Uh, we know what she did with her last opponent that was brave enough to run against her in this district. And so, um, you know, I just, I talked to my husband, I talked to the kids, and uh, we really just looked at how can we do this, you know, not if we're going to, but more of a, just a moral obligation with, you're right, the uh, hate-filled rhetoric, that is continually uh, spewing from her. So, you know, different things to offend different communities in the nation. So, uh, and, and the extremists that she is riling up. So we are uh, careful with that. My team is careful with that. Make sure we keep an eye out. But it's not how politics should be, you know. We should be able to stand up for what we believe in and, uh and be safe, and our families to be safe at the same time. Yeah, I firmly agree with you. I, I'm a, a lifetime Georgian. I'm from South Georgia, and uh, moved up to the Atlanta metro area in 2003. And mm -hmm. my parents didn't raise me like that. And yeah. <laughs> the, and I don't know if you're if you're a lifetime Georgian as well, but I'm I'm a Southern guy, and you know my my parents are still with me. And to act like some of these folks do. They would be ashamed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how, how did we get here in 2020, 2021, that this is somehow acceptable? I don't know. It, it, it's a, I think it's a slippery slope, you know. That's what we're trying to do is, is bring back some sanity and look around. And it, it doesn't matter if you're left or right. I don't think any of us were raised to act like this, you know. And uh, I, I know I don't raise my kids to act like this. I raise them to stand up for people, definitely never bully, but also to step in if they see an injustice or if they see somebody being bullied. 
Um, and, and that's what she is. She's a bully. And you're right. It's from, you know, years of this hate speech that normalized it, you know. And we need good people to stand up, regular people, um, for, for how we were raised, what our values are, and to, just to undo some of that. It's, it's hate being sown. And we saw January 6th. We've seen throughout this entire last year what that hate will eventually produce. And now we're living it. It's, it's so unfortunate. Now, I will say, and I've said it several times in the past episodes, thankfully that guy is out of the White House, he is in Florida, and he is not on Twitter anymore. Because you had all of these reporters that were literally just sitting at their computer in front of their keyboard just waiting on him to tweet. And mm-hmm. we don't have that anymore, thankfully. Yes, yeah. That, that was spewing so much of the uh, on, on both sides. And I feel like mm-hmm. America can sit back and breathe a little bit because we don't mm-hmm. have that constant barrage of those tweets coming out almost every 30 seconds or every minute. Thankfully, we mm-hmm. have that now. But then we Absolutely. still have to deal with people like Marjorie. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> she really fills, uh well, Nationally, you know, since that is the culture that has become normalized, uh, now that there is a void in that uh, hateful way of behaving, uh, she's just stepped right into it. You know, she's filled that void uh, for that culture. And even in the district, there was a – in northwest Georgia, you know, we're right between Chattanooga and Atlanta, so definitely bigger cities. Um, and there's always been a void in, in leadership on, on either side, you know, um, resources, information, just, you know, anything. It's like we're just skipped right over. So, like you said, she was running, uh, you know, in another district, saw that that would be a much more difficult thing for her to accomplish, and just swooped in here. And so when she stepped in and littered the district with her signs, it really, people weren't, there was a void in leadership of any type, you know. So I don't think people looked much much further, but I know that a lot of people um, are regretting that now. I think I've seen some of the interviews of some of the folks in your district and your neighbors up there that just their jaws were dropping. Like, who is this woman? She, she didn't even live in the district. Well, let's confirm. She she did physically move up there, right? I I believe she rented a place. I don't – I'd be surprised if she moved here full-time. She rented a place and then announced that she was running hmm. um, immediately after. So, I mean, as far as uh, – that's, that's the difference here. It's the biggest difference, well, other than the – our values and the way that I do not be- behave um, is that I'm from here. I've lived here my entire life, and I've I've lived the struggles of the people in this district. Um, you know, with not having resources or, or not being wealthy, or you know, all of it. I'm fully aware. Have lived it recently. So to you know, she's an outsider. 
and not super in touch with reality. So yeah, we're going to fill that leadership with some with somebody that has had lived it and has integrity and empathy. Yeah, I think that's clear. I think that's enough about her. <laughs> and 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 and, uh, yeah. and I think Stacey Abrams, a, a really good quote from Stacey Abrams that I've said, identity politics will be the death of us. Mm-hmm. And um and choosing to vote um, you know, for people just because they look like you or they, you know, they, they seem to, um, you know, you know, hang out with you or things like that. Um, a, a lot of that is what has gotten us to where we are, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of actually looking at, you know, your your platform and your position mm-hmm. and what you really, um, you know, stand for. Or are these single issue voters that are out there? There's not a perfect right. candidate. Oh, of course not. And but, none of us are going to agree a hundred percent on anything. Right. But at the end of the day, if you choose to vote, you have to, you know, choose one person on that ballot. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just to give you a few minutes here to talk about your platform, you know, your top couple of things there. And as you've, you know, been campaigning, you know, at least for several months that I know of here, um, what you're hearing from, you know, folks that are you're working with up there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we are we are doing things a little bit differently, I think, uh, than a lot of campaigns are run, uh, mainly because I'm not a politician, <laughs> but. Uh, we started early because we know it's a huge race. We have um, we have a, a long uphill battle here, so we really wanted to focus on undoing some of that uh, mindset, you know, of divisiveness that we are really focusing on. We are more alike than we are different, you know. The values that that we all live. And so to do that, to be able for people to get to know me as a person, like you said, not just uh, having a blanket assumption, you know, uh, left or right, red or blue, um, we are going to, we are doing a lot of good work in the district already. We're not waiting until I get elected. Um, we are out listening to people in the district, talking to organizations uh, that, you know, volunteering. Uh, we are focusing on next week uh, rural revitalization. So what we are doing is an infrastructure week. Uh, every day next week we are going to have a topic and we have uh, meetings lined up to speak with folks. Uh, the the first thing that we are doing is we're speaking about childcare. Um, this is you know childcare is infrastructure, bottom line, and in our district is it, you know childcare is really out of reach for people a lot of times. And even if most of the district can be considered a childcare desert, uh, where it just there is the availability isn't there for the amount of children that are in the district and families. Um, and even if it is accessible, it's not affordable. So, you know, when we, when my son was born, uh, my husband and I had to work opposite shifts just to be able, because we needed two incomes, right, which most families do nowadays, and uh, we couldn't afford daycare. 
Otherwise, I would be working just to pay for someone else to raise my kid. So for years, we didn't see each other, my husband and I, uh, just to be able to afford, you know, to provide for our family. Um, and in other situations, I know people that are having to uh, depend on grandparents to watch the kids. You know, grandparents' is child care. And, you know, back in the day, that might have been something that's doable, but grandparents aren't retiring <laughs> as early as they used to. So that's not even um, accessible. So, and our grandparents shouldn't have to be our child care. We should invest in the communities, uh, in the people in our community that take care of, of families and enable people to go to work. So, and enable them to have education and everything else. It's all on the backbones of our caregivers. So, um, that's something that we're going to be talking about and mainly listening to. That's the big thing. We're in our listening phase. Uh, we want to hear what issues are important to people that live here and work here and deal with the struggle every day so that we can help build our platform so that we can better serve. And that's that's the thing you were, you know, quoting Stacey in the identity politics. It is, it's not about my ego, you know. Uh, it's about serving the people who live in this district. And uh, that's, that's what we want to do. That's why we do so much work and, the, you know, with the listening tour, with the listening phase. Um, we're going to be talking a whole day about transportation. Uh, there's, uh, you know, the Amtrak uh, train that they're discussing, we want a stop to be in Dalton, Georgia. You know, it goes straight from Atlanta up through, straight through our district. And uh, when we give access to communities, then they're able to access opportunities. And, and that's what we want to focus on as well. Um, oh, what else? Broadband, rural broadband uh, access. When we connect folks to the future, we're connecting them to opportunities. And, you know, areas out here for personal experience, uh, for all of the interviews and all the work doing on the campaign, we had to make sure I had good Internet access. So I actually had to pay to have an extra separate line run to the house. Um, that way I would have good service. And, you know, a lot of people, most people can't do that. Um, or cell phone reception, things like that. Uh, you know, everything is online nowadays. And to have opportunities for in school, to have opportunities with jobs, especially during COVID, uh, you know, I'm working from home 100%. The kids are doing school from home 100%. And so that's what a lot of families are dealing with. So to have the availability of great service and affordable service. But, uh, we're really focusing on the three A's of infrastructure, and that is accessibility, make it affordable, and American-made. So that is the, the main points with each of the subcategories of what we're going to be focusing on next week during Infrastructure Week. Okay. Yeah, and, the you know, we could spend, we could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, you know, and, as we're raising campaign funds. But, and then that would just be giving the money to the tech execs in Silicon Valley. And that's not, that's not what we want to do. 
we would rather be in the district spending money here in the district and, and, and listening to the people that live here. So we're, we're doing things a little different than I think most campaigns are run. Yeah, sounds good. And a couple of points that you brought up there. Uh, Tuesday of this week, um, my uh, mom is looking to relocate up to uh, Clayton, Georgia. And the fastest internet that I could, um, which is on the other side of uh, North Georgia, um, mm -hmm. but the fastest internet connection I could get for her was a 25 meg DSL connection through mm -hmm. uh, Windstream. And um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and I, I, but I know when you do these um, these uh, live streams, the upload speed is actually what's more important. Um, mm. than the download speed. I'm, I'm sure you've run into that because I work in IT as well. And wow. um, and we'll see how that works out when I go up there you know, Tuesday to take care of that and get the appointment yeah. and, and go from there. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty shocking how slow it is. <laughs> right. Here in 2021. I don't know the exact numbers, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and we still have these these areas. Um, another uh, point on that, too, um, supposedly the EMCs here in Georgia are uh, working to leverage all of the um, the poles and the wires that they have out in rural Georgia uh, to help that. Um, we'll see what they're able to uh, turn out of that, but there are some initiatives, supposedly, that the EMCs um, to be able to compete with the likes mm -hmm. of the Windstreams and the AT&Ts and, and, and all those okay. as well. So we'll, we'll see what that turns out with. But a, another gentleman who also worked in the telecom industry that I work, um, did an episode with recently, uh, Dan McCrory, he lives out in California, but he actually worked in the telecom industry for a number of years, and he wrote a book, um, How Capitalism Killed the Middle Class, uh, 25 Ways the System is Rigged Against You, and he mm -hmm. echoes a lot of these ideas. I mean, if you look at uh, my parents, my grandparents, you know, you had that one income moneymaker in the, in the household mm -hmm. who was able yeah. to, you know, uh, keep that family afloat, and the mother was able to be the homemaker to care for the children and, you know, uh, you know do the, the house chores. You can't really do that anymore. And unless the, the 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 main money maker in the household has a really really nice job, or there's a family business that brings in a lot of money, the majority of folks are not that lucky. And and you have what you described there earlier. You have the two you know uh, individuals in the household having to bring in the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know that just looks at how everything has gotten. I'm sure that book talks about it. Uh, with everything's gotten more expensive and the pay hasn't gone up, you know, mm -hmm. so it, it hasn't been able to maintain uh, that same lifestyle. And even with two people working, it's hard to maintain it, you know? Yeah. Now, the other thing that I would say about your district, the cost of living up there at least is lower, but along mm -hmm. with that, you don't have the wages up there like you do in Metro Atlanta. Right. Oh, yeah. Definitely not. Um, and we want to, we want, that's part of it, you know, with infrastructure, it ties all together with transportation, uh, with rural broadband, with, you know, all of it bringing jobs here. It is to build opportunities for our kids here in district, you know, so that they can get great paying jobs and stay here uh, and not have to go to a larger city to make a great income. So that's, you know, building infrastructure for the future 
to where it, that's, that's the rural revitalization that we're talking about, to be able to have those opportunities here. So what are some of the uh, the big industries up there that are there and then some of the uh, industries that the area is trying to attract? Uh, well, of course, in Dalton, we have the carpet industry, huge. It's the, I think it's the largest in the world. So uh, lots of manufacturing. Um, that That's the biggest here. Let me see. Yeah, I'd say the majority are blue collar, definitely. Uh, and we're wanting, you know, when you get faster broadband is how you can attract more of the tech companies. Um, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee is right above us, and they have, you know, years ago Obama called uh, Chattanooga Gig City. And uh, it attracted, because they had the fastest Internet, then these tech companies would come in, startups, uh, because they said it was honestly quicker to send something or like put something on a thumb drive and get in your car and run it across town in other cities than, it is, than they were able to send here. So they moved their business. Um, and that's something that we can do and, and bring here as well. So, and, and to be able to bring the, the entrepreneurial spirit, you know, to where we can have uh, small businesses and give people the opportunity to 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 work in their passion or work at, in their talent uh, because we have access to that here uh, to the internet. So it's it's all it's all connected. Yep. Any other stories? So you, you um, it's kind of interesting that you're um, working more on the uh, on the ground, working with your neighbors, um, you know, hopefully future uh, voters there. Um, any interesting stories that have come out of these meetings that you have? Uh, we met with a, a sweet lady, and we were in Rome, I believe. Uh, we were driving all over the place, but I'm certain it was in Rome now. Uh, she. It was mainly that they were surprised to see us, you know, me and the team walk in and want to chat uh, because they've never had a representative come and ask them how they're doing or what's important to them or how this year has gone, you know, with employment or, or getting their, their employees back. Um, she was just so excited to have somebody come and, and ask her about her and her business was the biggest thing that we heard from, from folks to have representation, you know, to have somebody that can, has lived it, cares to listen, and, and will fight uh, so that they're served and represented. Yeah, I mean, the, the, and, and we, we run into that here too in District 11 with, um, with Barry Loudermilk. He's been in office for years, and he, he, unless you contribute money to him, or in his circle, you don't hear from him. He'll send you emails, he'll tweet and do all that, but you, you can't get in touch with him, much less get a meeting with him. He doesn't do town halls. Hmm. And yeah, how could, you be how, how could you be representing people that you never talk to? <laughs> yeah. You know, that seems uh, very backwards. Yeah. I mean, allegedly he wanted to be in office so bad 
but we we don't know, uh, you know. I guess you have to contribute money to them to actually get a, a word in their ear, mm. which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is, and uh, I think there's a lot of benefit to, but one of the main benefits to me not being a politician is that that doesn't make sense, and I don't have any uh, loyalties for that type of. Uh, relationship or relationships to start, you know. Um, and, and plus, I'm in leadership development and in business. So a lot of those same skills are what I'm already uh, very experienced in. So, um, and serving people, you know. I got into my, um, my type of retirement protection and insurance because of my personal experience with my grandparents, um, he, my grandfather grew up very poor and then, you know, was a milkman for years and years and years. He worked for Mayfield and saved, built his house with cash, did really, really well for himself. And uh, when he was two years before he passed away, lost every bit of it. And it was very substantial. It was a substantial amount um, to a scammerist. So he actually was posing as a retirement specialist. He took from a lot of old folks in the area. Um, and so for me, you know, if he had had somebody that cared enough to help plan or, I don't know, it would have looked a lot different for my nanny. And the way she went from totally set, not needing anything, in the future to living on a thousand dollar less than a thousand uh, social security per month and you know that's unfortunate that our senior citizens are treated that way um, and that that's where they're what they're living on so we are I, I'm very passionate about serving people uh, so it really just it it correlates from what I have done for years and in our community of just standing up for injustice, standing up for folks. Um, yeah, so that's why I'm passionate about it. Yeah. There, there does not seem to be a shortage of um, assisted living in uh, retirement homes going up around the area. Um, so that, that certainly has uh, been in the news um, for, for better and worse uh, around the area, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I did a search in the area up there. Um, apparently in Rome, this um, hit the news this week up there, there is uh, Georgia's first Latina-owned production uh, studio that was built in Rome, uh, the PAM Studios, if you may want to check into oh. this. Um, PAM? Yeah, P-A-M, you can, 11 Alive, um, an NBC station, hmm. did this story. Um, but I don't know if you've had any um, you know, run-ins uh, with the, uh, the movie production and TV industry here in uh, Georgia. I haven't yet. So I have to look into that. Maybe it's in your district or reaching yeah, out to I'm them. Yeah, take a note. Yeah, definitely. Um, I wonder how they're doing with the new um, voter suppression bill. I know that a lot of things were pulling out and definitely affecting jobs here, here in Georgia. Yeah. Yeah, the... Um, 
you've got that angle of it, but you've also got, um, you know, over here closer to Atlanta, over um, at 285 and 85 mm -hmm. near Spaghetti Junction, they've got that huge um, investment going into that area. So you, you hear both sides of that uh, mm -hmm. battle going on. Um, but I, uh, it would be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I think as long as the tax credit uh, continues to, to be in place, I don't think that's going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, mm -hmm. Although you know the the other side of that, um, the the whole tax credit part of it, you know, we we've got differing opinions as to whether um, it's worth the expense of the tax credit. But that's a that's more of a state issue. But maybe for mm -hmm. another time, we can go into all that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, but any other um, stories, you know, in your platform or anything that you're um, coming across as you're uh, going around and campaigning there. Uh, we're pretty excited to get together a group of veterans uh, this next week, too, uh, to talk about, uh, you know, their health care, their, uh, I know there's one VA hospital in district, um, so they're probably traveling to Atlanta or Chattanooga for the most part. Uh, for VA care, there's no uh, cemetery military cemetery in district, uh, you know, what their benefits look like, things like that. So we want to hear, I've got a few that are active duty still and a few that are retired to see how we can better serve the people that served us. Yeah, for sure. And um, there's been a couple of uh, veterans that I've done episodes with. There's a gentleman out in Louisiana, and then also there's a candidate here in District 11 that uh, you know mm -hmm. talk about all angles of that, um, you know, physical mm -hmm. and uh, mental, you know, uh, care for um, veterans. So uh, mm -hmm. definitely uh, something to uh, to look into there. Yeah, I'm excited to hear from them because that is, I mean, that's definitely a a life, you know, it's totally different than what civilians uh, deal with, and then they come back with, you know, a lot of issues. We need to make sure that we're protecting and serving them just like they did for us. Um, yeah, um, I was making notes and I lost my train. Of course. <laughs> Yeah, we're recording this on Saturday, uh, April 24th. Do you guys have any um, upcoming events within the next couple of weeks you want to talk about? Um, well, we have a, like I said, next week is jam-packed with meeting all these folks. Um, I will have to let Nathan get back to you if we have any more than that. Um, Tuesday is the 10th anniversary of the big tornadoes that came through. I don't know if they hit over on your your area or not, but wiped out a lot of Ringgold. Um, so we're going to be talking about that uh, storm. We have four storm sirens in the in the district, which is absolutely insane. It's a pretty large spread out district. Yeah. Um, so especially with the 10th anniversary coming up of uh, that big tornado, we want to focus on that as well. Here. 
I wrote down that book that you said. I'll definitely look that up. Yeah, I may. Um, I was reaching back out to uh, Dan. I know there's a um, uh, you know gentleman down here running in District 11. We may do another episode to uh, talk about the uh, the book and the talking points again. Um, if mm -hmm. you might be willing to to come back, but we'll see if we can work something out there too. If you're interested. Yeah. What is? I wrote Dan, and then the title of the book. What's his last name again? Uh, Dan McCrory, and I'll, I'll send you the link there. And I think oh, he's yeah. writing a second book, but it's uh, Capitalism Killed the Middle Class. It's kind of mm -hmm. a, I guess a little bit negative way to look at it, but <laughs> but you know you, well, you got I this mean, whole you got the whole Republican rhetoric of socialism that's so evil that they never want to talk about. <laughs> you know how the uh, the rich keep getting richer, but you know. The, mm -hmm. the, the lower you know, folks, uh, they, they never can get by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not, it's not negative. It's true, you know. I would, we're definitely going to look into that and, and read that because it's, it's just the, obviously, not socialism. I don't think anybody's talking about socialism. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, my own boss. So, of course, I enjoy capitalism and I love that we're, you know, the land of opportunity and you can build your own business, but uh, it doesn't have to be uh, so extreme, you know, that it is, that we don't take care of people around us, our, our old folks, our vets, you know, that's, uh, it seems like that should be a value that is not controversial. One would think, and and, and these and, and, and these you know talking points about socialism, you know the, even my family that gets social security and Medicare, they love it, and that is a form of socialism. And yet the Republicans yeah. keep on you know just attacking it and attacking it over and over again. And I just sit back and shake my head. I'm like, do you uh -huh. realize what you guys keep voting for over and over again? I, I just, yeah. I, I cannot comprehend it. It's, yeah, it's just one of the buzzwords. And in fact, that's, I don't know what her sign said down in uh, near you, but that's one of Marge's slogans was stop socialism. And, uh, you know, it's just fear mongering, not reality. <laughs> so gets, just gets people riled up. That seems to be the specialty in the Republican Party, for sure. Uh, all right, any other uh, topics you want to get in on this episode? Oh, we're talking so much about next week. Let me think. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's our main focus right now. We've uh I mean, definitely. Well, yeah, a few weeks ago, we uh actually with the new voter suppression bill, uh we went down that was the first opportunity that we had for an election. It was a special election uh in Whitfield County, so that's Dalton, Georgia. Um, it was the first opportunity we had since that bill was signed, 
And so we went and passed out bottled waters uh, to help educate on it, uh, to, you know, to protest such an extreme nonsense law uh, that obviously will have selective enforcement, I'm sure, in areas that uh, are, you know, bigger cities and things, you know. Uh, there shouldn't be hours-long lines to vote. And, you know, all the things in that bill just really made it harder for citizens to vote. And so it's, it's undemocratic, and that was just a small way that we were able to go and say, listen, this is not how it should be. Yeah, not only that, but also the uh, the potential that the state can just remove local um, and state level uh, elections officials. I remember, I think you remember when Kemp was running for governor and running his own election, mm -hmm. by the way. I remember yep. seeing the press releases um, of him at the state, as Secretary of State, uh, not taking responsibility for anything. And he kept pointing the fingers of the counties, saying that, mm -hmm. no, that's the county's responsibility. This is not my fault. But yet mm -hmm. now you've got this um, you know, Senate Bill 202 that is the law of Georgia now that they can just walk in and just take it over. And you, you know, just Absolutely. because they don't like the way that the vote is going. Mm -hmm. That it's, is it's just... mind-boggling. Yeah. That is much more dangerous than any of the stuff mm -hmm. of, you know, the, the water and, and all this other stuff that people are, you know, that keep mm -hmm. you know, talking about. Um, yeah, to have control and to change the, the rules of your own game, you know, um, it's shocking. Yeah. And, it's, and it's very clear that they are doing this because they know that they've got uh, Abrams and Warnock on the ticket together oh, yeah. next year. Mm -hmm. Well, and the, by the way, I'm very excited about Stacey. <laughs> yeah. uh, she, she has been doing that hard work for years and years, and even with all the craziness that happened in 2018, uh, she just continued, you know, and so it's paying off. We see it paying off with Warnock and Ossoff. That's such a historic day uh, would have been all by itself. I'm very upset that January 6th uh, overshadowed that because it was historic. And it's just the, the fruits of the labor that's been done. And so you're right. They are tightening up on things and changing the rules again uh, because they see Georgia flipped. What's the Senate, you know? And um, so, of course, when there's progress, there's going to be tightening up of things to try to pull that back. But we've just got to keep educating people, keep uh, engaging. That's what she's so great at, is engaging communities that are typically ignored, you know? Um, and we've seen that when more people vote, we've seen the way that goes. So. Yep. For sure. I think it, it's exciting regardless. You know, it's, it's exciting because of, it gives me hope of how things are going when, when normal citizens pull together and uh, 
make their voices heard. And so that is, of course, they are threatened at how it's going. But that just means we're on the right track, you know? For sure. All right. Well, that may be enough for today. Any other uh, parting words or thoughts you got there? I'm excited. I'm excited for this campaign. I'm excited to keep meeting folks in the district. Um, I think we've made a lot of good headway already. And, you know, I'm as, as much of a long journey as we have, uh, a lot of good work is going to get done in the meantime on the way to being elected. So um, I'm really excited for us to have representation that actually has lived what we've lived, what we do live in the district. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. We're, we're just hitting it, hitting the ground hard and getting that work done. <laughs>